0: Let's pray. Lord God, you hold the power to redeem. And Lord, you know, we know that um, through you and through your life and death and resurrection, that we have forgiveness, we have eternal life. And we know that heaven's going to be fantastic. But your desire for us is to have a great life now. We pray that prayer you taught us, um, to, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven that ultimately we see it's your desire for us to have a great life here, too, and help us to understand what that means, especially today as we talk about a very challenging topic about how to deal with anxiety. We pray this in your name. Amen. So before I begin the message, um, I see some familiar faces from this morning. I know about, I think, somewhere around 120 to 130 people um, went downtown to South Phoenix today and painted five houses, and um, we had a great time, and it was... um, a lot of happy people that um, we started painting about nine o'clock and I think um, all the homes were done by 1130. So it's um, pretty fast work when you get a lot of people working together and, and, um, and how that works as far as people coming together and a collaborative effort. So thanks for all you, those of you that helped out with that fun event. Well, today the topic is um, how to deal with, with anxiety. And now does anybody here ever have anxiety? Anybody here have worry or, or stress? Ever, ever happened to anybody? I think we, um, we probably can all fall into that category, and, and if we're honest about it. And even if this topic is you know, maybe not so much for you, I guarantee there's people around you that are struggling with anxiety. So how do you help them? How do you work with them to have a, a better life? And, and believe it or not, the Bible talks a lot about anxiety. We're going to be taking a look a little bit as far as is, um, what God's Word says about how to deal with anxiety. And so first of all, what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about the problem of anxiety and what anxiety does to us. And first, um, you know, I want to kind of answer a question. What is anxiety? And i got some definitions here that I want to share with you. Um, anxiety is distress stress about future uncertainties. It is characterized by mental agitation, uneasiness. It may be mild or severe. It primarily has to do with what may happen in the future, either near or distant. A lot of things can trigger anxiety, but so often it leads to situations that are, are out of your control, where the future seems out of your control. You know, I can honestly say that, that in my life I've dealt with, with anxiety, okay? In fact, sometimes it kind of runs into families. You know, my, my family name is Björgard, and every Björgard I've ever met is a relative of mine. My dad had um, eight siblings, There's eight total in his family, and one of his um, siblings died at a fairly early age in his 20s. But the remaining seven, six of them, had great difficulties with depression and anxiety. Um, six of them actually you know, had to be medicated for their, their, their problems that they faced. And it's kind of spread on through the family trees of the Byergerd family, and at times it's even hit me. And what I've come to realize there's two aspects of what can cause anxiety, and one part of it can be there can be chemical things, a chemical imbalance. You know, my father um, his, was diagnosed with a chemical imbalance, but with that too, even if there's a chemical imbalance, there's still things you can do with what the way you think the way you cope with the situations you face in your life. And so what I want to say today, even getting started, is that for some, yes, there's a need at times for, you know, for a medical professional to, to help to get the chemical situation right as far as you know medication. I'm not opposed to that. But I believe that's really important at the same time that we understand uh, more how God wants us to think and how we can you know, deal with stress in, in ways that maybe are not going to cause as much problems for us. And so I kind of want to deal with that today. And so I want you to grab a Bible. If you can take a Bible out in front, in front of you there. And I want to take a look and to see what God's Word says about anxiety and worry. And the first one is going to be on page 1505. 1505. And it's Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 and following. You know, for this topic, for any topic in life, the Bible has the answers. The Bible is what we need. And these are the words of Jesus. In fact, the topic says, "Do not worry." Chapter six, verse 25, 6:25. It says, "Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear." Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom, And his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Last week, we kicked off the series. And we intentionally, last week, talked about putting God first, putting Jesus first in our lives. And I quoted this verse um, from 633. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and then all these things will be given to you as well. And there's so much right with that verse by itself. But notice it's sandwiched on each side by how do you deal with worry? How do you deal with stress? And the key in this sandwich of worry on each side, the meat of the the solution is who? Putting Jesus first. You know, I gotta be honest with you, when you are... Like really fill the anxiety. And it's by the way, it's becoming more and more epidemic in our society and even with our young people. I mean, when when I was growing up, you know, I think you know, sometimes people shout a bad name to you. Nowadays when they do that, they put it online for the whole world to see. I feel for this generation, social media can be a real challenge. And anxiety is hitting our younger people harder than it ever has before. And when you're in the midst of it, sometimes it's hard to to really grasp on to things. But I think it's important that as we go through life, that we're getting tools to help us when those anxious times hit, when the worry hits. And so what I'm going to do today, I'm going to pull this out, and I want to make a list of things we see in God's Word to kind of give us directives on how do we deal with worry. And so far, we've seen in Matthew 6, number one, The first thing is what? Put God first. Okay? He is still the Lord and Master of the universe, no matter what we go through in life. You know, sometimes when you're dealing with depression, it's like it's cloudy all the time. But on the other side of the clouds, what's there? The sun is always there. God is always there to put him first. We also see in this section from Matthew 6 that God is saying, I've got your back, okay? We worry about these things we need from day to day. Maybe you're going through some financial challenges. Uh, Maybe you're going through some relational challenges. Maybe somebody close to you has passed away. Maybe the doctor gives you some, some bad news. But no matter what happens, God is still always on the throne, but he also has her back. He promises, I'm going to provide what you need, okay? Sometimes it may seem like we're on the edge of the cliff, but has he ever not come through for you? He always comes through, okay? And sometimes through these challenging times, Great things can happen. We think about, for example, in, in Romans 5 when Paul says, I rejoice in my suffering because suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us. So often as we go through these challenging times, God allows us to go through them, but he wants to help us through them. He wants us to stay in those anxious states. He wants us so to grow from them, but to keep moving on. And so often when you're in a bad situation with anxiety and stress, it's important to keep telling yourself, I am just traveling through this time. This is not a permanent thing. It's temporary. I'm going to get through with God's help. He's there. He loves me. He's going to help me through this. He's got my back. Now I want you to take a look at another section in in, um, Matthew. Matthew chapter 11. On page 1514. 1, 5, 1, 4, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, back then, oxen were kind of like, we have cars now, they had oxen to do a lot of the work, or even like like a tractor. The oxen did the hard work, but there, the, um, the yoke was this wooden thing, and there was like a, a big part and a smaller part. And the big part was for the experienced oxen was put on him, and the inexperienced oxen was put in the smaller one. And guess what was going on? The experienced oxen being, you know, basically attached to this, Inexperience one is teaching that one what to do and carrying the burden of the work. We're called upon the Bible to be yoked to Jesus, to be yoked to God, to learn from Him. But also, too, something very important if you're dealing with anxiety, if you're dealing with stress. So often you don't want to be around people. We see here it's important, okay? Be around other people. Be connected. To God. Be connected even to others. Next, I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 4, page 1830, 1830. Philippians 4, verse 4. A section we've heard before, but this is, to me, one of those powerful sections in Scripture. And it says a lot. So 1830, Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Okay? Always. Not some of the time, rejoice in the Lord always. Even if you are experiencing what? Anxiety. I will say it again. Rejoice. Explanation mark. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So even in our anxiety, even in our stress, we're called upon to do what? Rejoice. Why can we do that? Because God is still in charge. Remember last week I talked about life is like a symphony. Okay, God is playing a beautiful symphony for us. And when anxiety and when stress hits, we're not listening to symphony so often. We're listening to a, one instrument. One instrument maybe sticks out. And maybe you don't quite like the way that instrument sounds. And you're, you're fixated on one thing. And that's what happens so often when we're stressed out, when we're anxious, we worry. Our minds are fixated on something. We're missing the symphony. And sometimes it's important to step back and just try to take things in and realize that with joy, the acronym for joy is what? J is for who? Jesus. The so O is for others. The Y is for you. Then no matter what our state of mind, we, if we keep that order of Jesus first and others, then ourselves, we're going to get through whatever we're facing. He's going to help us through it. Rejoice. But also, he says to do what? Pray. Keep praying. Does God hear our prayers? You better believe he does. And what makes prayer powerful is God. He's powerful. And he answers prayers to pray. Not just when we're anxious, pray without ceasing, but prayer is important, even in the face of anxiety. And Sometimes when you're feeling anxious, when you're worrying, it's sometimes hard to pray because sometimes you might get angry with who? Sometimes with God. Why, God? Why is this happening to me? Keep praying to him. Pray. But it says, another thing is be thankful. What can you be thankful for? In fact, sometimes I want to encourage you. If you're going through a difficult time, take out a piece of paper and write all the good things that are going on. Did Jesus still die for your sins and rise again? Yeah. Is your future secure? Yeah. Do you have a roof over your head? Do you have the basic necessities of life? Do you have people around you who care about you? Start looking at the things to be thankful for and and, and just change the way you're thinking. And that leads to one more thing. Verse 8, chapter 4, verse 8. Now for you guys, it's whatever still a big word for you guys? Whatever? I know for the no, longest time, young people love to say whatever. This is a whatever section of the scriptures. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Retrain the way you think. Think the right way. When you are depressed, sad, what happens? Your mind just gets fixated on whatever the problem is. But try to reprogram the way you think. You know, you realize when God, you know, the the anatomy of the brain is really interesting. Your brain is filled with about a billion neurons. And these neurons, they connect with thought patterns. And the way you were brought up, you're programmed from the time you're young, and your brain is programmed. And sometimes a lot of the things we worry about, a lot of the things we're stressed out about, may not even be real. Or maybe just how you were brought up, and maybe, you know, as you look at the way you think, it's like, I don't know why I think that way. If you want to change the way you think... That's going to be a key because what happens You you think about something enough you're going to do it. If you do enough times it becomes a habit. If a habit becomes a great it becomes your character. And if you want to change your character you've got some flaws in your character you need to change the way you what? Think. In 2 um, Corinthians 10.5 take every thought and make it obedient to the word of God. We're encouraging it, I think about 300 of you are reading through the Bible this coming year. And That's awesome. And I want to encourage you to keep doing that, even if you haven't started doing something like Have some type of a daily devotion, and don't just read the Word, but think about it. Meditate on it. If there's an area in your life that you're struggling with, say, for example, that you're you're kind of a warrior. One of the, the um, verses I've held on to for a long time is Romans 8.28. All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. And I say that over and over again. If you say something you know, over and over again and believe it in your mind, you begin to get those neurons reprogrammed the right way. Think the right way. That's what God calls us to do. I've got one more verse for you from 1 Peter 5 7. It's on page 1892. 1892. This is a short one, but a powerful one. This is one I want us to memorize. 2 nine two. First Peter five seven. When you get there, we're gonna read this one together. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. We have a friend, an advocate that wants to help us through any situation that we ever face. Now, did Jesus ever experience stress and anxiety? Did he? What happened to Jesus when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane? And he was in a situation where he knew he was going to die real soon. It's sometimes a real advantage for us as human beings to not know what's going to happen. He knew it was going to happen before it happened. And it said he was feeling so much stress and anxiety that he sweat what? Blood. Blood. Blood came out of his skin. That is an actual physical condition caused by extreme stress. His body crying out because of the pain he was about to experience. What did he do during that time? How did he deal with this stress and anxiety he faced? You can almost look right here. He's he's praying, first of all, to his father. He says, Father, not my will, but your will. First take this cup from me, but not my will, but your will be done. He's putting his father first, okay? He knows that his father is going to help him through what he's going to face. He's connected to the father. In fact, not only to the father, but he's going around and trying to wake up those disciples because they're all kind of falling asleep, right? Why is he doing that? I believe because he didn't want to be what? Didn't want to be alone, okay? He wanted to be with other people that encouragement that we need with other people in those difficult times. He was still thankful and joyful, even though Scripture says in Hebrews chapter 12 that he considered pure joy to die on the cross. How could he do that? Because he wasn't thinking about himself, he was thinking about who? Us. He was finding joy and contentment, even in the midst of all his suffering. His mind was focused continuously, always thinking the right way. He did all these things. So I'm not sure what you're dealing with in your life, and every one of us has our own journey, our own path. But God wants to help us. He wants us to have amazing lives. And I can honestly say that through some of the trials I've faced in my life and through the times of anxiety and stress, that God has helped me through it. And I've become stronger. I've also realized, too, that as I analyze my, my life and, and something that we as in this Western culture don't do enough of is we don't think enough about what we think about. We're so busy thinking about everybody else. But I want to encourage us at times to, to stop and think about why am I worrying about that? Why is that bothering me? When I think about what God has done for me, I think about his power, is that thing really worth causing me to be stressed out? Because so often what we do is we cling on to these things in life. We, we hold on to them too tightly. And the more we hold too tightly on the things, guess what happens? They're going to let us down. Things are going to let us down. But God will never let you down. To go through this world and hold tight to your faith, hold tight to your relationship with Jesus, you know, make sure you have dear Christian friends around you, support you no matter what you face. But keep pushing on. Keep trusting you're going to see people out there that are struggling with anxiety and stress. And let me tell you, antidotes and things like that aren't always the best thing. Okay? You can probably show me these verses and they're not going to register in the midst of depression. But sometimes the best thing to do is what? Just be there for them. Listen to them. Pray for them. Love them. Help them to get through it. Because the bottom line is God wants us to have an amazing life. And the more that we have less stress... Less anxiety, it's going to help us all the way. In fact, one of the things, you want to have a short life, and the best thing to shorten your life is what? A lot of what? Stress. Some stress can be good, okay? Too much stress is not what God wants. And so I want to encourage us to learn from what God's word says, to lock and load the stuff in our brain, and to have and strive, with God's help, to have a, a better life now, realizing that God is first, and he has our back, to be connected with other people, to rejoice no matter what the situation, to keep praying, to be thankful, to try to think the right way. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love for us. And we see that even you, Lord, in the midst of that garden, realizing the terrible death you're going to suffer, your body was crying out. And we see that the very word you gave to us is a word that you lived out in that situation. Help us to realize that with your help, with you at our side and with you in us and the right people around us, that no matter what we face in this life, we'll get through it. If there's anybody here right now going through a lot of anxiety and stress, Lord, give them peace. Give them comfort. You have our back. We know that things are going to work out. And, and Lord Jesus, with all the attachments in this life, Lord, help us to realize the only one that really matters is our relationship with you. That's the attachment we should cling to with everything we have. We praise in your name. Amen.